Hello everyone, this is episode 1 of Ben Hassin's USMLE clinical case series and today we'll be going over cellular growth adaptations. We're going to begin the episode with a case study and I want you to figure out what cellular growth adaptation is happening in this case study. So let's begin. A 27-year-old young man with Duchenne muscular dystrophy comes to your clinic with the concern of increased muscle weakness. Upon physical examination, you notice that he has decreased upper and lower arm strength. He is unable to get up from his chair and walk. He appears very thin with reduced bicep circumference. What kind of cellular growth adaptation is he experiencing? Is it metaplasia, hyperplasia, hypertrophy, dysplasia, anaplasia, hypoplasia, or atrophy? The answer is atrophy. Atrophy is when there is a decrease in size of a cell. It is one of the four main forms of cellular growth adaptations. As I've said before, the four main ones are atrophy, hyperplasia, hypertrophy, and metaplasia. However, there are three more that we will cover today, and that is dysplasia, anaplasia, and hypoplasia. But I wouldn't consider these normal cellular growth adaptations. They are some things that happen during cellular growth adaptation that is not what is ideal in the body. Of the four cellular growth adaptations, which one is an increase in cell number? Hyperplasia. Which one is an increase in cell size? Hypertrophy. Which one is a change in cell type? Metaplasia. Hypertrophy is prominent for the increase of what in the cell? Organelles. Hyperplasia is the creation of new cells from what? Stem cells. A uterus undergoing pregnancy would undergo hypertrophy, hyperplasia, or both? The answer is both. Keep in mind that when someone is rearing a child, that fetus will undergo both hypertrophy and hyperplasia during its course from development to become a fully deliverable fetus. Can you name the three permanent cell types that undergo only hypertrophy? The answers are skeletal muscle, cardiac muscle, and nerves. This is a very important clinical case correlation because you have to understand why cardiac muscle decides to only go left ventricular or right ventricular hypertrophy in the case of heart failure. The reason why the heart only increases in size and never makes new cells is because cardiac muscle is unable to create new cardiac cells. However, I will say with an asterisk that newer developments in cardiac medicine is discovering new ways that maybe we can potentially create new cells, but this won't be testable in the USMLE. Just know that currently, as of right now, we are unable to give medication or the human body is unable to create new cardiac tissue. And that's why when a heart has to compensate for increased blood pressure or atherosclerosis, its main way of cellular growth adaptation is through hypertrophy, which can cause later problems down the line. Another case is endometrial hyperplasia. It can cause a pathological response. Do you know what that is? The answer is endometrial cancer. Now, here's another question as a follow-up. Does benign prostatic hyperplasia increase the risk for prostate cancer? 
The answer is no. And the key word here is benign prostatic hyperplasia. Most prostatic hyperplasia is benign, although there are some that can become pathologic. It has had enough of an impact in the average male where it's not known to have a very strong link to eventually developing prostate cancer. There are other genes and other risk factors that can produce predispose men to prostate cancer. In the area of atrophy, please remember that atrophy is both a decrease in the cell size and in the number of cells. There are not specific different definitions like in the area of hyperplasia and hypertrophy. Atrophy is a combination of both a decrease in cell size and the number of cells. What is the process called where the human body undergoes a decrease in cell number? Apoptosis. Which process in the cell body leads to the degradation of cellular components made out of proteins? The answer is the ubiquitin proteasome degradation system. Metaplasia is a change in surface epithelium into another type of cell due to chronic stress in an organ. The classic examples are smoker's lungs and Barrett's esophagus. Smoker's lungs epitheliums change because of chronic induced lung damage and that changes the normal epithelium of the lung to stratified squamous cells. In Barrett's esophagus, chronic irritation of the lower esophageal sphincter leads to the change in esophageal epithelium into a more mucinous type of epithelium. The esophagus is normally lined by non-keratinizing squamous cell epithelium, but acid reflux in stomach causes metaplasia to non-celiated mucin-producing columnar cells. This can eventually over time lead to esophageal cancer. Another significant example of metaplasia that often shows up in the boards is vitamin A deficiency, which can also result in the change of cells. Vitamin A is necessary for the differentiation of specialized epithelial surfaces, such as the conjunctiva of our eye and even the lungs. In the deficiency, the thin squamous lining of our conjunctiva undergoes metaplasia into stratified keratinizing epithelium, leading to something called keratomalacia. Also, the same thing happens in the lungs, where the lung tissue will change to a stratified epithelial tissue as well. The key difference between metaplasia and dysplasia and other forms of cancer cell growth is that metaplasia potentially can be reversible. Again, as I've said before, chronic and long-term irritation which prolongs metaplasia eventually leads to dysplasia, then anaplasia, then into a cancer. So metaplasia can be reversible as long as the stressor that is in place is removed rather quickly. We're going to finish this episode with two very specific questions about metaplasia. The first one is, what is the term where a form of metaplasia where an injury to muscle tissue changes the muscle tissue to bone after trauma? The answer is myositis ossificans. Is the apocrine metaplasia of breast tissue a risk for potential development into cancer? The answer is no. 
This includes the first section of cellular growth adaptations for episode one of the USMLE clinical case series by Ben Hassin. And be sure to tune in for the future episodes. The next episode will be covering dysplasia, anaplasia, and hypoplasia. And then we'll lead on to the next unit of our clinical case study series. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I hope you guys got something out of it. If you do, please give me good feedback. Reach out to me on Instagram, onto YouTube, and I will see you guys there. My Twitter handle and Instagram handle handle is at lionhearted underscore Ben. You can always reach out to me for further questions, and I'll be sure to tune in on the next one and give you a really good lesson under 10 minutes and something you can do on your morning commutes to school. Thank you and have a great day, everyone. This is Ben.